Welcome back to another episode of the Alpha Babe podcast. Today we are going to be doing something different. We are going to be interviewing a special guest by the name of Mia. As always, this information on this podcast is not designed to diagnose, treat or prevent any condition. It's for information purposes only and a platform to share personal experiences. Please seek advice from your healthcare professional before making any changes to your current lifestyle. Stay tuned because the Alpha Babes podcast is about to go live in three, two, one. Welcome to the Alpha Babes podcast. You're here with the Alpha Babes sisters, Hannah and Mia. I have been dying to get my radio voice on and welcome you guys because Mia's been able to hog that little intro and now it's my turn. So today we are going to be interviewing Mia. She's probably... The very special guest speaker. She is <laughs> like a red carpet A-lister. I'm enjoying the special treatment, special intro. I thought you could have fluffed the intro out a bit, like said how amazing I am or something. All right. So <laughs> is this where I do like a little like yeah. biography of you? Do a bio. Okay. Okay, so I'll sit back and listen. We have a really special guest and her name is Mia and she is... Jeez. A... <laughs> clutching at straws Uh, okay this is why I do the (laughs) intros and you don't that's right anyway let's get straight into this I will not work on that bio we're just going to get into this interview style um, podcast and we're going to be talking about um, Mia's journey pre-pregnancy and then her journey of finding out that she was pregnant when we recently did a bit of a poll on our Instagram and we were asking what sort of topics uh, our listeners wanted to hear, one of the common uh, themes that came up was mum-related topics. So Mia is a mum to a beautiful little boy called Ryder. His birthday is actually coming up really soon. I know, he's going to be three. I I can't believe it. A three-year-old. And... I am kidless. I have two fur babies. So really any mum topic uh, will be directed to Mia and her experiences. And obviously I've come across lots of mums in my my career. Uh, And so I may be able to speak from an outsider point of view. However, I do not have hands-on experience of being a mum. So this is all Mia. So I'm going to be asking her a few questions and... um, and you're going to be listening to a little bit about Mia. And we're really going to take this podcast really from not only maybe the body transformation that happened when Mia found out that she was pregnant, but also what was going on in her mind. So mind and body connection. So first and foremost, Mia, did you think that you were going to have kids? No. Definitely not. I actually um, would regularly announce to people like when they're like, hi, my name's Mia and I'm da-da-da-da and I'm not planning on having kids. <laughs> it was, yeah, I was really certain. I just did not see children in my life at all. And why is that? Um, uh, because for the longest time um, I was told by other people that I would be a crappy mum, legit. Like I had people say that to me and that's something that really 
you know, stuck with me for a really long time. So those comments then spiraled my own thought pattern to go, oh, no, you'd be a terrible mum, you'd be crap, don't do it. Oh, kids are so inconvenient, you don't want them, they're messy. So I just was so certain that I did not want kids. And would it be fair to say that it took you a little bit of time to grow up as well? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, for a really long time, especially through my teens and early twenties and everything like that, um, I was really selfish. I was really selfish. And I think that that's where maybe those comments that from other people came from, because I just concentrated on myself, you know, it was always about me and, um, you know, I had a, I, obviously from those comments had a really hard time caring about other people and their opinions and everything like that. And I think as you'll probably hear... I sound really crap. You don't. (laughs) You don't. I think what you'll hear in part two is, which will be, you know, Mia as a mum now uh, and the lessons that it has taught her is that uh, having a child for Mia was the best thing that ever happened to her. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and I think even just being her sister and kind of being that outside look in, uh, really what a child has done for Mia is, is bring a great deal of self-awareness. And maybe prior to having kids, you know, the focus was directly on herself. Uh, I think that that is such a common thing. Like oh. I don't think that you are the only person out there that uh, feels that way. Absolutely. I mean, having having kids is a completely selfless thing because it's it's no more about you It's and it's all about them. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us about when you found out that you were pregnant? Okay. Tell us that story. The story, okay. And maybe some of your fears around that. Okay. So some insight into some like the relationship status. So obviously I was with Josh. Now I wasn't with Josh for a very long time. I am what I commonly say is a complete cliche. Like, um, you know, but then it turned out not to be a cliche because of how our story evolved. But we pretty much... We, we were only together for less. Seven months, wasn't no, it? No, it was less. Was it less? <laughs> it was less. Oh. It was less. It was like just about six months and oh, we fell pregnant. And, you know, Josh knew my views on the, the fact that I didn't want kids and he was a bit disappointed by that, I think, um, although he never admitted that initially when we first got together because he always wanted kids. But I was like, nope, don't want kids. You know, that, I'm really adamant about that. Anyway. I felt pregnant and I remember I missed my period and I was one to be really regular on that. Um, and I and I just remember being really quite emotional um, in the lead up and I kept thinking, oh, you know, my, my period's probably coming because I get super emotional when – and I'm very – I'm known to cry always the day before my period would come. So I would find – I'd just be like constantly crying but like I wouldn't get my period. I'm like, oh, my God. And I remember Josh saying, babe, I think, I think you could be pregnant. And I was just like, no, no. No, no way. No, that's definitely not the case. But obviously, you know, that thought just spiraled and I was like, oh my God, what if I am? So I went and did the test. Lo and behold, two double lion stripe come up on the pregnancy test and I just remember sitting on the toilet and just crying. I remember crying and 
this wave of panic just came over me and my heart started racing and I just you know even just talking about now I can feel myself back in that that state of just feeling so nervous and scared and I remember walking out of the bathroom and I said to Josh and and partly I was scared because I was like holy crap I've known Josh for like two seconds and I'm about to walk out of this bathroom and greet him in the living room and and not knowing what he was going to say we just got together like would he freak out and be like oh my god I'm out of here would I be on my own like it it was so is it probably true to say that you were overcome with fear oh immensely and that that fear absolutely blocked the the joy yeah it really did knowing that you were going to or that you created life oh a a thousand percent I think you know obviously I mean you know I love we were in we were so in love and I knew he loved me but when you say hey honey I'm pregnant you know (laughs) I think um you know when you put things in the scheme of things we weren't together for very long so I was really nervous of his reaction of what he would say and if you're probably knowing you very well um one of your fears is that you would be left alone yeah 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 so it was I was nervous about what he would say and you know Josh just being just the beautiful man that he is he he just showered me with kisses and hugs and he just was so genuinely happy and I was shocked at his reaction yeah okay so let's move on to the next question how did you go about telling people and again you know looking in Mia had a lot of fear around even just acknowledging that this was true and then also about telling people so do you want to talk about how you went about that yeah I I remember obviously after sort of you know accepting that I was pregnant I remember going oh my god like I, and I was only five weeks at that time because obviously I went to the doctor they confirmed I was pregnant they said you're five weeks so it was super super early days and I was just like oh my god I need to tell someone so of course I naturally first person was yourself I ended up calling Hannah and I was on my way to work and I just said to Hannah I said you know I um something pretty big's happened and I actually can't remember what you said after that, but I don't think you were ever expecting me to say, hey, I'm pregnant because... Well, I can remember that conversation. Oh, you can. Oh, yeah. good. Please, so, please shed some light. <laughs> I'm the older sister and part, I took my job as being her older sister very seriously, maybe to the point where I overmothered her a lot of the times. And so what Mia, what Mia did for her life mattered a lot to me and I was very opinionated about it, wasn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's yeah. like, yes, you were. <laughs> um, and I, when I heard the news, I was even shocked by my response. And she told me, she's like, Hannah, I'm pregnant. And my first response was, I am so happy for you. And I started to cry. And it was like this feeling of just knowing that this, this couldn't be more right. Mm. Like it was, I was so shocked by that. And I actually felt a really big sense of relief when I told you because you were allowing me then to be happy to, to maybe invite feelings of being happy about it. Yeah. And I think Mia obviously cares a lot about what I think of her and the choices that she makes and those sorts of things. She validate or she appreciates my opinion, 
Um, but it was just like you have those moments in your life where you know that something is right and I just knew that this was right for Mia. Um, and, yep, Mia had been reckless and, yep, she'd been a little um, a brat. Yeah. I'm just going to say. Ex-party girl. Yeah. And and I think growing up I, you know, I, I had no control over that. That was her journey. Um, but when she said that she was pregnant, I just knew that it was an amazing gift mm. about to enter her life. So you went about and you told people and then what happened after that? Well, you know, throughout the pregnancy, I still, to be honest, had self-doubt through the whole entire thing. You know, my body was changing um, and I'm classically like a control freak, like a massive (laughs) control freak. So having changes happen to my body, that really didn't sit well with me and to be honest, you know, um, if you listen to our previous podcast and, and we've spoken about self, the power of self-talk, you know, you would know that both Hannah and I have said that we're very critical of ourselves. So my appearance and the way I look, I, I've always put that at a really big importance as far as, you know, I've always been quite critical of how I look. But let me just backward step here and just insert another story Remember we spoke about I am statements being uh, referenced to your identity. Mia was referenced all of her childhood solely and purely for her outward appearance. Yes. And that would be from our dad always going, well, this is Mia, my, and he's Texan, this hence the accent, my blue-eyed blonde. So I, I... you used to have blonde hair but um so I was yes always acknowledged and recognized for my piercing blue eyes and my white white blonde hair so my identity has always been associated and attached to what I look like yeah so when she obviously was pregnant and her body was changing uh, it was really difficult for her because it was more like she was going on this self-discovery journey that she didn't realise that she was going on because her identity was in her looks but now her looks were being changed and it was really like it was a challenging time for her because it was like, well, who am I? Mm. Yeah. And and obviously Hannah knows all this because we've had multiple discussions multiple. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so I really struggled with the changes in my body. I struggled getting bigger. I struggled... Like even though it is so healthy and so normal and and amazing and a good thing that you put on weight when you're pregnant, but for the longest time I had a really I struggled with that. I not to the point where I wouldn't eat. Of course not. Of course not. Like I would always nourish my body and, and do the right thing to, to make sure that Ryder was getting everything he needed. But mentally I struggled with the changes that were happening in my body because of the importance that had put been put on my identity as far as what I looked like. So pretty much during her pregnancy, uh, that was the journey that she was on. Um, and then do you want to maybe discuss, even please save our viewers from the birth story uh, <laughs> and save my ears from the birth story again <laughs> is really what I'm trying to say. But tell me about, you know, that moment of, actually planning like you're getting close to giving birth tell me some of the things that you were thinking and feeling at that moment um I was of course naturally as any 
expecting mum to be was I was very nervous about the birth of a thousand percent. I was nervous about what would happen because no one could actually tell you exactly what was going to happen because every pregnancy and every birth and every baby is so different. So there was nothing I could compare it to. So again, me not being in control of of what was to come ahead was really uncomfortable for me and I really struggled with that. Um, but I, again, really struggled with the point that I said at the, at the beginning of this podcast was I really was freaking out about am I going to be a good mum? I can't do this. Um, you know, I, I honestly thought, how could I possibly love anything? Um, how could I possibly love something so much? I was, it, this is going to sound really weird, but I was, um, I didn't think I was capable of loving something so much. And now when I look at, you know, obviously now I'm right as here and it's, I just love him with all that I am and all that I'll ever be. But it's just, I was scared of that. I was scared I wasn't able to love something and care for something as much as I needed to. And it's probably maybe an inward reflection of Mia, like I'm dissecting her right now. <laughs> Uh, this is an a, interview, with a, with not a, a scalpel. <laughs> um, this is what I do. I'm oh, going no. into your brain right now. But, I mean, I think that that shows the journey of, you know, Mia's, Mia's self-love for herself. And she, you know, obviously didn't come from a great wealth of that um, and was then going, well, you know, if I don't think that about myself... How could I possibly? How could I possibly yeah. do that for somebody else? I think, I think the thing that I want to highlight in this journey is that even though Mia had all these fears uh, and all these insecurities, um, what she had constant in in the in her ear was Josh, and Josh was calm, and mm. he was reassuring. Yeah. What did what had what was Josh's role in this whole process for you? Oh, I was so incredibly blessed and still am blessed to have someone like Josh be the father of my son. Um, he's always like you know, <laughs> just cool as a cucumber, like <laughs> Mister Cucumber. And me as the hothead. <laughs> yeah, like I am tornado. The chilly. The yeah, chilly. I'm tornadoing and spiraling and sh- I'm. Josh likes to call me his little stress bubble. Like, I stress. And what if this happens? And what if that? And throughout the whole entire process, he was reassuring, as Hannah said. He was calm. He was loving. And he just continually said, Mia, you can do this. Mia, you're going to be a great mum. And and um, I still get teary about that because, to be honest, like, it's – and, you know, we'll talk about this in part two, but um, – you know, it, it has been such a journey to just, to, you know, I, I, I held on to that that um, outsider's... But his belief in you. Well, yeah, no, but I held on to, the, to that comment of you won't be a good mum. And I held on to that so tight that I just believed it. And then when Josh was constantly coming, you're going to be a good mum. You can do this. You are going to love him and all of that. Um, you know, it's it's still you know, it's great now, but it, it took a really long time to actually even hear it, and let alone believe it. And we'll probably talk more about that in part two uh, when Mia discusses, you know, the lessons that she's learned from just being a mum so far. Um, but 
as you can see, you know, I think the whole pregnancy journey, it, it's mind and body. You, you, you take on these beliefs uh, and, you know, you would have heard us talk about that when we spoke about body confidence right back at our first episode. We're at number three right now. Um, and we spoke about the outward word or what somebody has said and how we can sometimes let that define us and mm. we, we give it power. Yep. You know, no one can ever take your power away. You give your power away. And that's by choosing to believe what sometimes these voices are. Uh, and, and then it's as you get older, it's about really undoing that. And I think that the one way to undo those beliefs is, is really about building experience into your life uh, and and really challenging your thinking on that. So it's something that Mia and I talk about quite regularly um, and we're always quite challenged by that. But let's go and talk about this birth story. Let's talk about... I thought you said you didn't no, but want to I don't want details it. of it. I just literally <laughs> want you to go, I went to hospital, I pushed it out and then I felt this. Definitely didn't go like that. No, it was not like that at all. Um, we do not want to hear no. about your vagina dilating <laughs> and blood being everywhere. So that's what I want to know. I won't be going into that detail. No one wants to hear that. But um, no, either the birth was, I tell you what, I'll, most people, when I thought um, about how birth would be and the whole experience, I literally thought I would be doing nothing but screaming at Josh going you did this to me and you know hurling abuse but what I was so surprised about um through my whole birth was how beautifully um harmonious it was like the connection that Josh and I made in that room I'll never ever forget it it was something happened in that room and we bonded in a way that I didn't even see coming it was the most beautiful experience I've ever felt and I have goosebumps I haven't heard you say that really no oh it was just it was it was incredible they um he was so supportive and 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 he just reassured me the whole time that I could do it and there were times I was like I just literally can't do this and he would always reassure me that uh, that we were doing it together and that he even though he wasn't actually doing anything i really felt he made me feel that we were doing it together and that we did this as a team and maybe if i go in and uh, get that scalpel again <laughs> and go into your brain <laughs> i'm feeling it, picked apart <laughs> she's actually bald right now because <laughs> i've shaved back her hair uh, to get inside that brain but <laughs> pretty much would that be because maybe some of uh your early life experiences you felt alone uh, yeah absolutely so when uh, you, when I felt unsupported alone um and you know to have somebody sit there hold your hand and really um support me in that way was just I'd never experienced that absolutely yeah. yeah and I think that that's why that was such a um we call it like a paradigm shift. You were knowing yeah. that you were going from a place of feeling alone to feeling like you yeah. had somebody who was going to be there forever. Honestly, our relationship changed from that point. We It was, you know, beautiful and there was so much love in our relationship right from the start. Um, however, the moment we stood, you know, stepped out of that that room, that birthing suite, it we'd ne- we've never been the same. 
this the bond that we created in that um, is unbreakable in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me just briefly because we really will save this for part two. Um, what was it like seeing Ryder for the first time? Um, okay, so when he was born, I had some complications throughout my birth, um, just without going into detail because Hannah would, Please, you know. no vagina talk. <laughs> no, no vagina talk. Oh, my God. Um, like the, the vag, the V <laughs> word. No vag bent. pee stories here. Strictly PG. Oh, I can't believe you just said vag piece on <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> um, no, it, my, I was in active labour for 12 hours. So I rem- just just quickly going back to then tell that you that is speedy because some people are in speedy. like twenty four hours, speedy. like forty eight hours. Says the woman that has never had a baby. I tell you, I do it everything was fast. Not speedy. My I remember having Braxton Hicks and we were tracking. I was a week late, seven days. This is you know seven days overdue, and I we were laying in bed tracking the contractions, and I just was like, no, he's never coming. He's never coming out. He'll just live in there forever. I was you know going to be the beach ball lady for forevermore anyway so I was going up to go to the toilet and I remember hearing this like and I'll try and do it this pop <gasps> Disgusting. <laughs> that was my vag piece and then and then yeah <laughs> do it again no, do it no, again gross no uh, that's this <laughs> that's, is getting graphic an, no that's no. an a-hole no <laughs> You did not. I'm like red with embarrassment right now. Anyway, I got up and I heard this pop. And then it went. And it was, yeah, it was this, my water broke as soon as I got up out of bed. Anyway, I was in active labor from from that point on. So 12 hours later, um, you know, I I gave birth to Ryder. There was complications on the way. I nearly had to have a cesarean because his heart rate started dropping because he got stuck in my birth canal. So that was not enjoyable. I did have an epidural just for those that are wondering, um, which was like heaven sent. That was amazing. Um, But yeah, so when he was born, because he was stuck in my birth canal for so long um, because I was told to push um, when they thought that I was fully dilated, but I wasn't. I was like nine centimetres dilated. So you know, my midwives were like, yep, you're 10 centimetres, you can push, push, push. And so I'd be pushing for an hour and nothing was happening. His heart rate was dropping. And then they they were like, oh, you're just going to have to have a cesarean. And I really, I didn't want to have a cesarean. I really wanted to have him naturally. That was just what I wanted. Um, anyway, so long story short, yeah, I ended up going fully dilated, pushing him out um, and they flopped him on me and I'll never forget it. They flopped him on me. He was blue because he was, you know, obviously stuck. He had a cone head, <laughs> like his head was all misshaped and he wasn't breathing. And um, they just, the, the, the feeling of his body just flopped onto my chest it was just this weight and he wasn't crying, he wasn't moving and I remember looking at Josh and I see I still every time I tell the story again so teary I remember looking at Josh and his 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 eyes were just filled with panic and we looked at the midwives and they were rubbing his back you know just frantically and I kept saying what's wrong what's wrong why isn't he crying and no one would answer me and they just kept rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and it was about 30 seconds which felt like an eternity but he finally let out this cry and, you know, just this wave of relief 
came and and I burst into tears and oh now I'm getting emotional but they um you know they they said you know here's your little boy and he just says he's been perfect he's just perfect he is even at 5 p.m. when it's switching hour? <laughs> Not so perfect. <laughs> That's part two. Yeah. That's part two. We'll save that for part two. Um, but pretty much in that moment when you heard that cry and you had that sense of relief, did all your fears go away in that moment? No. No? Okay, no. that's an interesting answer. Not even for a split second. Uh, no, I was relieved that he was alive yeah. um, because I remember thinking I've just, you know, I can't believe that this this can't be happening, like he can't just go this is he needs anyway yeah I just couldn't believe it was happening when he cried I I was relieved that he and and but no I didn't feel reassured of my capabilities of I I can do this I no definitely not I freaked I was like oh my god now what now what now exactly right and I think you know you hear so much of people's story being pregnant and then the birth Every woman wants to tell you about the birth. Oh, uh, my God. I know. Um, and, yeah, I just now put my fingers in my ears because I don't want to hear it anymore. But um, pretty much after that, no one really talks about what it's like in now no. what. Yeah, exactly. In now what? You, you, and then they just, you know, send you on your way. Like, <laughs> see you later. Done our work now. Bye. And you go home and I remember the drive home with this newborn baby that was just like the size of an ant, like in this massive big booster chair in the car. And I remember I was so emotional because all of the pregnancy hormones, you know, obviously still very, you know, evident. And I remember just being so emotional and getting home and just going, oh, my God, now what? Yeah. So we're going to leave it with now what? Oh, suspense. I like it. For part two. So for part two. So on our next episode, we will be talking more about motherhood and the now what of Mia's got this little aunt in in her home (laughs) and now what? Yeah. Um, So thanks for listening um, and tune in for next time. Uh, Again, I'd love to know your experiences. Reach out to us on our social media whether it's Instagram or Facebook, uh, and just connect with us because we'd love to connect with you. All right, until then, we will speak to you guys later. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.